want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to start Click. the pot. What's up, guys? James Gutman here on High Pod. I'm Dad. Welcome back to the podcast. It is uh, February. It's February the 9th. It is easing in to Valentine's Day, the middle of the month. And I don't know where 2024 is going, but thankfully, you are here with me. I am here with you. We are hanging out. Thank you for joining me once again. Wherever you found me, any streaming service, thank you, subscribe, all that stuff. I appreciate it. You may have found me on highpodomdad.com. That has all of our archives. All the stuff there, just like highblogomdad.com, all the plugs. You get the meaning, guys. It has been a hell of a week. I've really enjoyed uh, 2024 so far in terms of what it means for um, for me and for this blog. And you guys know last week I talked a lot about flying out to L.A. and doing the show with Jubilee, talking about autism, uh, talking to people on the spectrum, off the spectrum, about how autism affects me and my son and my family meant a lot to me. I got to share a lot. I've heard from so many different people uh, in positive ways, which is really why I do this. The entire reason behind this blog is, I say to help people, which sounds pretentious when you say it like that. You're like, I want to help people. But in reality, I'm not doing anything specific to help people. I'm not giving step-by-step instructions or any of that. I'm simply sharing my story, getting word out about you know kids like mine, for those of you who might have a child who is, however you term it, low functioning, some people say severe autism. Um, you know, my son struggles with a lot of life skills and a lot of things that typically aren't thought about when you think about autism. People think about, you know, I, I would imagine, and from what I've seen in a lot of the media and things like that, a lot of higher functioning individuals. So someone like my son who doesn't get to share his story, doesn't speak, um, doesn't really have a narrative to offer. Um, it's hard to explain. Honestly, I I don't post a ton of videos of me and Lucas, which you know I think going forward, I might start doing that just because uh, it, it tends to answer questions sometimes. But you know, my son, the way he interacts with the world is very unique. And you don't realize it until people ask you questions. I think I talked about it last week when I was on you know, the Jubilee show and Aiden had asked me if I spoke to my son about coming onto the show. And it was such a uh, unexpected question for me, but one that I imagine that everybody kind of wonders about, like, hey, have you talked to Lucas about this? And for me, it's almost like, yeah, but he you know, he doesn't know, he doesn't get that. And it's the same as when people used to ask me if he missed me, you know, I would pick him up from school and he would see me and uh, they'd be like, did he miss you? But like, I don't know. Sometimes he acts like he just saw me the day before, you know? And now as time has gone on, especially, you know, I've been divorced now for years. You know, I've been kind of done with that situation since around 2019, 2020, been moving on. And that's when I first began kind of having um, time away from my kids. It wasn't until 2021 that we started splitting the week and I would get them for, as I said, 
the blog post this week, Reunion Wednesday. And when I would pick him up, I, I didn't really see a difference. Lucas isn't, he doesn't miss, he's not, he doesn't seem to register days. I talked about this, which sounds so weird to say because if you're not familiar with him, if you don't live our life, it sounds like a jarring, confusing narrative to put out there that, you know, Lucas doesn't really understand. You can't be like, hey, buddy, we're going to go on, you know, Wednesday. He doesn't get it. Hey, tomorrow, we're no. I mean, you just say it. I'll be like, hey, big day tomorrow, go to bed. But it's not real. He'll just go to bed because they tell him to go to bed. He's not thinking, oh, tomorrow is, you know, Christmas or whatever. It's He doesn't really go day to day. So when I would pick him up, I, I didn't know if he missed me. Now I see. I see he's happy to see me. <laughs> it's really cute. I talked about the bus driver um, and the matron. And even yesterday, um, yeah, spoiler alert, I'm recording this on Thursday. So on, on Wednesday of this week, I got on the bus and he's having his little his little tantrum to get off the bus. And the bus driver goes, look, he's daddy, he's daddy. And Lucas like popped his head up and turned his head and he looked at me and I'm like, hey, and he got up and he walked towards me and he was happy. And that's how I know he missed me. That's how I know that he's happy to see me. But there's no sense of like, he doesn't come running at you with a big hug. Like, it's just different. He just sees the world kind of differently. So I get a chance now to to share his story and tell people, whereas he might not otherwise be able to do that. Now, those of you who follow me on social media, hi, James Gutman, H-I, James Gutman. I'm on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, I'm on other stuff too, but really just Instagram and Facebook are the main ones. Uh, we, we do really a lot of stuff with Facebook for High Blog as well. We have High Blog I'm Dad has its own Facebook page too. I love the Facebook people uh, and the Instagram people just on a level that you guys don't really seem to get. You know, I wrote about wrestling for 15 years and the response was always... I don't want to say toxic, but incredibly toxic. <laughs> it was, it was rough, man. You, uh, you misquote which WrestleMania, you know, Rick Martell versus Jake the Snake Roberts happened at, and people write to you about how you're the stupidest person to ever walk the earth. Meanwhile, with this subject, it's such positive and such nice feedback, so that means a lot to me. Uh, but if you guys follow me on Facebook, one of the things that I'm excited about is that I got to announce it. I just signed with uh, Jessica Kingsley Publishing. New book coming out, uh, hopefully by the end of the year. But yeah, getting started on writing it now about autism appreciation, about raising my son as a father in a world that uh, typically kind of embraces moms over dads at times. So just a unique perspective about how I've come to appreciate my son and spreading that awareness about the fact that you know autism doesn't have to be something that you're simply aware of or accept. Sometimes autism is something that you could be like, oh, wow. That really makes him unique. It really makes him special. And I find that people rarely do that. Either they say it almost like a catchphrase, oh, it's my superpower. You know, and I get that and people can think it's their superpower. I don't personally have autism. So if you see it that way and you have autism, I get that. That's cool. But when it comes to my son, it's not so much a superpower. It's that it's an aspect of his personality that makes him just a really special, kind, and good-hearted person in a way that I don't think would be possible if he didn't have it, if he was verbal. There's so many aspects of who he is as a human being that because he's nonverbal make him special. Just this communication that he and I have, the the look he'll give me, the expression on his face, even his misunderstandings about certain things that you know other kids might get. You know, and I, I've said this a million times, Lucas won't hug you to get something from you. Lucas will hug you because he wants to hug you. If Lucas wants something, he'll let you know. He has no words verbally to tell you what he wants, but he will let you know whether he taps you on the shoulder and points at something or brings you by the hand to something or uses his device. But what makes it special is that 
Lucas does not care what you have going on. If he wants something, he's going to let you know. So like the whole world could be falling down on top of you and he'll come over and he'll tap you on the shoulder for pirate booty. And it sounds infuriating. It is at times a little bit like, dude, seriously? But there's something, I don't know, like a breath of fresh air about it. Because most people, they dance around their thoughts, they dance around their feelings, they gaslight, they make stuff up. Lucas doesn't do that. Lucas is, you know, I want pirate booty. And you can't have pirate booty. Ah! No, you can't have pirate booty. His reactions are sudden. I laugh at him sometimes with his, when he gets upset. I used to call it the baby elephant because he would get upset. He goes, you sound like a baby elephant. Stop. No baby elephant right now. So we do that. And I love that about him. And I don't, I don't think that that gets enough play. That, you know, sometimes autism and being nonverbal can contribute to a person's personality in a way that's special. And I saw that even when I went to Jubilee and the people that were there who were higher functioning um, with autism, the honesty and the openness that they gave. You know, you have Hannah was saying they were talking to her about the response they get from people um, to her show. She's on Love on the Spectrum and, and her and her mother deal with a lot of kind of toxic feedback and she didn't hold back on what she thought about some of the the haters as they called them and it's it was surprising this is the kind of thing that you know i wouldn't think to say out loud but she did uh aiden talked about they asked him about making friends uh, aiden i said before about from american idol he talked about how he feels lonely but he did it in such a way with such open honesty that you know it's i don't know it's refreshing and I like that my son has that kind of out in the open way of approaching things. Now, one of the things I did talk about there and something that I do want to want to clear up, my son, I feel like is pure. I think he's got a pure heart. He's got a pure soul. I'm no way saying that everyone with autism has a pure soul and a pure heart. Every story I talk about when it comes to autism and how I deal with it is about us. And it's about how autism affects my family. I don't talk about anybody else and what they could be doing. Um, this is just about me and my stories. Um, so I don't know if everybody's pure of heart and everybody's got good intentions. My son does, but I do find that most people I've I've met who are on the spectrum tend to be a little less, you know, cunning or um, nefarious, you know, like sinister. Just kind of just a different different class of people from the ones that I've met. Maybe I've been lucky, but that's what I do. So I'm really excited about getting to write this book. I'm really excited about getting to bring the idea of autism appreciation to a whole new audience. This has been a book that has been years in the making. And I didn't, I didn't really go into depth on this. I almost did a podcast about this, you know, last year or the year before out of frustration, but then I decided to delete it. I had an issue with a publisher where I was asked to write a book that I didn't really want to write, uh, put it together. I was a contributor to it. The book ended up getting canceled after it was put together. It was this whole thing. You guys might know my, my previous publisher had a had a major bloodletting when it comes to, you know, the, uh, the, um, their staff and things like that. So they lost a lot of people, but everything was falling apart. And I was asked to write a book, but the idea was that I'll write this book. And then after that, I will do this book, the autism appreciation book. And what ended up happening was uh, they had mass layoffs at the last minute. And the guy who had promised me the you know, acquisitions director, whatever he was. Um, I was like, all right, well, at least I got this guy. He promised me it's great. And then I was on LinkedIn and I saw him letting everyone know that he was leaving that company. So that was kind of the end of it. So it was, it was disappointing for years to wait on wanting this book to come out. I have this thing where I don't do um, self-publishing, they call it. 
I, I like to do traditional publishing. And if you guys don't know what that is, and it's surprising because a lot of people don't know what that is. You know, self-publishing uh, used to be called vanity publishing, things like that. Essentially what happens is nowadays, 2024, anybody can write a book and then you go to Amazon. Amazon will physically make the book or you'll find a publisher who will charge you money, you know, a stipend of, of what you want to pay them. Even if it's a portion or the full amount, you pay for the book to be made and then you charge people for the book at a rate that's going to make you money back. So it's almost like you invest and you get it back. I don't want to do that. I don't like to do that. For me, I always felt like all my books, this would be my fourth book when it comes out, have been traditional publishing, meaning that, you know, I've reached out to a publisher, I've submitted a pitch, uh, I've been given, you know, an advance, I've been, you know, given a marketing team, people behind me, I'm told how many words it has to be, I sign a contract, things like that. And when you do it that way, which I don't know, I've just always wanted to do it that way, it's harder. It's hard not even to get accepted for the book, but it's harder because the waiting game is ugh, a long time. And this was a long time coming. I actually submitted this proposal uh, last year early and ended up getting somewhat lost in their system. It was part of a, of a database. And I finally did hear back uh, from them. And the woman uh, that's going to be serving as my editor, she was fantastic. She's like, oh, I really hope you know, you haven't sold this to anybody else. And I told him, like, you guys are the only ones I wanted to sell this to. This is, you know, for those of you who don't know, Jessica Kingsley Publishing is, you know, one of the foremost autism publishing houses there is. They've done such amazing work. And I knew when I submitted it to them that they would be able to do this book proud. So yeah, autism appreciation, Within the next year, you guys are going to see a whole book on it, uh, telling some of the stories, many of the stories you guys know here, but other ones as well about kind of coming up. I don't want to get too far into it. I'm writing it right now, but I'm excited. I will keep you guys updated as things go, but um, I do want to thank you all. This has been an amazing journey doing this blog since 2017. I have loved every minute of it. This is in so many ways, like my dream come true. You know, I've always wanted to be able to write about something about my life and tell my stories and things like that. I, I've said it here on the podcast before, but back when I used to write about wrestling and I was getting disenchanted and I was starting to feel like um, I had been writing about it so long that uh, scenarios and situations would repeat. And for those of you guys who follow the news, you see how how kind of, um, I don't know, I don't say scummy, but it's a different kind of business that I wanted to be associated with. Uh, so I didn't really love doing it. And I remember I had turned to a friend of mine. I said, you know what my, my dream is? I want one day to be a writer and have people be like, did you know that James Gutman used to write about wrestling? And I want it to be like so surprising. Um, and that was my goal. And now I feel like it is because now when I tell people about it, you know, I said, my past life, I wrote about pro wrestling. They're like pro wrestling, like Hulk Hogan, like Hulk Hogan, like Jimmy the Superfly. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he was on trial for murder when he died. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's another example of what I'm talking about. I interviewed him. Met the Superfly, super, super, super fly. So uh, I got to do everything I wanted there, but now I get a chance to really do something and use my writing for, um, for something positive and helping people out. So hopefully I have done that for you guys. You've had a chance to listen to what I've talked about here, talk about my son. Um, my stories have helped you, perhaps. See something within your own life. See something within your own family. And moving forward... My goal is to reach as many people as possible, make people feel better if they're concerned about their kids, if they're worried about a diagnosis. I want to make people realize that the future is not as scary as you think it can be uh, once you have a child that you love and you know you're going to be okay with, because uh, I was, and all that's going to be in there. So it's been great. If you get a chance this week to go back, 
check out the two blogs. Monday, Wednesday, as you guys know, hi blog on dad.com. I write new blogs uh, every week. I've been doing it, you know, twice a week since 2017, since February of 2017, which is crazy. Because if you really add them up, it's like, you know, a ridiculously high amount of stuff um, that I've written. But this past week, I wrote two. Uh, I wrote about reading the nonverbal bedtime cues for my son with autism, who has become awesome at bedtime. I was concerned for a while that sometimes his sleep would tend to be really disjointed, but he's gotten great. Even last night, you know, he comes back here on Wednesday. So when I get him back, I try to get him really on track with, with his sleep patterns. It affects his whole day. It affects him in school. It makes things easier for the teacher, easier for people to work with him. So even last night, uh, he went right to bed. We brought his sister somewhere. I took him home. I come in. He has his iPad. I count down five, four, three, two, one. And Nine times out of 10, he just hands it to me. He did that last night, went right to sleep, no TV, nothing. Um, and then this morning, which has become you know something that he's been doing through the years, at 3.30 in the morning, he woke up and started shaking his gate to come and get him. And I just put my hand up. I go, go lay down, head on pillow, head on the pillow, which means, you know, it means head on the pillow. You guys know that. And he did. And he went right back to sleep and he didn't get up again until our alarms went off. So things like that um, make me happy and make me proud. It's something that I worked on and something that I know helps him. So I'm glad I was able to do that. So I wrote about that on Monday. And then on Wednesday, I wrote Navigating Life's Transitions, Building Trust with My Nonverbal Son, telling a story very similar to I told before about getting him off the bus and having him realize that getting off the bus uh, to come home with me, he's going to go home and he's going to do fun stuff and he's going to be happy and there's nothing to be worried about. Um, so his apprehension about transitioning from the bus and getting off has really died down tremendously. And that's something that I didn't know if we were ever going to get past. It would always be a meltdown. I didn't know why. Uh, now I do. And he's a happy kid and it makes me a happy dad. So uh, it's been a happy week. Thank you guys for checking this out again. I will be back next Friday with a new podcast. I'll be back Monday, Wednesday with new blogs. That's about it. Until next time, this is James Gutman saying, be well. Bye, pod. <laughs>